Before I get to my next guest, Jim Gallagher Jr., I want to talk to you about two under men's performance briefs. They're the unofficial underwear of the PGA and the 2020 Ryder Cup team. Ricky Fowler is their global ambassador, and over 50 other PGA, Corn Ferry, and Champions Tour players wear them. Just to mention a few, like David Toms, Jerry Kelly, Justin Thomas, William McGirt, Scott McCarron, and Chris DeMarco. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort from the tee box to the boardroom to the bedroom. Use code NEXT20 to save 20% off your order at 2under.com. That's the number 2, U-N-D-R.com. 2under, performance in your pants. And you walk a lot of miles in life and on the course, so make sure you're walking in the right shoes. Scone changes the game with an affordable line of the most comfortable, versatile, slip-on golf shoes that can be worn anywhere. They're made with breathable microfiber fabric, spikeless treads, and an adjustable lace lock. And they're easy to clean, too. So spend less time changing shoes and more time living in them. Visit scony.com and use code NXT on T20. So next on T20 at checkout for 20% off. That's scony.com, S-K-O-N-I.com. They're also available at golf specialty retailers and green grass pro shops nationwide. All right, now back with me here. And next on the tee is Jim Gallagher Jr. Let me remind you about Jim's background. He's from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, just down the road from my hometown of Pittsburgh. Grew up in Indiana, played his college golf, like Tom Patrick just said, at the University of Tennessee, where he is the most decorated player in UT men's golf history. Lettered all four years from 1980 to 83. Was named the Volunteers Rookie of the Year that freshman year of 1980. Helped them win the their first SEC championship that season. Tied for fifth in that SEC championship on his own. In 1981, he won the Eastern Kentucky Invitational. He was named All-American in 1982 and All-SEC in 80 and 82. And in that 1982 season, he also won the Indiana Amateur and was named Team MVP. 1983 was a big season, repeated at the Indiana Amateur and added wins at the Indiana Open and Wildcat Invitational. Plus, he was presented with the team's leadership award. Played in the NCAA tournament in 1980, 81, and 82 and helped the Vols to a 6th, 7th, and 21st place finishes. Turned pro in 83, and the PGA Tour got out on there in 1984, won five times on the PGA Tour, and was a member, as Tom also said, of the victorious 1993 Ryder Cup team and the 1994 President's Cup. Inducted into the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame in 1995, and last summer, he joined his wife, Sissy, as a member of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. And I am thrilled he is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Jim, thanks for coming back on the show. I got to get you down mute, Jimmy. There we go. How's there that? There we go. Oh, yeah. Tom should have been over here to help me. <laughs> He's not good techno- technologically Well, I'm worse either. than he was. I couldn't even get hooked up. <laughs> How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. Uh, got up here in my little studio I'm going to have uh, here. So I've got... My own decor, so it's not quite ready to go, but I did the best I could with what I got. I ah, appreciate you. So, Jim, what was it like last summer to join your wife, Sissy, in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame? That was an incredible uh, evening. And, and just, uh, I mean, it's amazing to go in there with her. She's such an incredible player. 12 state AMs, uh, gave up playing so she could be the, the you know, my wife and, and the mom of my four children. And 
I'm not sure I would have done that, but she sure did. And she's an incredible person. And it's, uh, it was an incredible night. All the kids were there. Uh, I just, I'm amazed. I mean, you look at all the great athletes that are in that hall of fame and to see me in there, it's very humbling, uh, to say the least. Jim, I, I know you got your first win on the PGA tour at the 1990 greater Milwaukee open, but I believe your first professional win came five years earlier in Hattiesburg. Oh, by the yep. way, at the old Magnolia classic, which is now the Sanderson farms championship. You beat Paul Azinger in a playoff. Talk about what it was like getting your first pro win there. Yeah, I'd lost my card and was playing what they called the tournament player series. I think they had six events. The leading money winner got their card and it was rained out the first day and it was only 36 holes. Uh, but I did beat Paul in the first hole in the playoff. And, you know, Paul went on to have an incredible career. I always told him after I beat him, it kind of helped his career move along. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it gave me the confidence that I could play on that level. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing I took from that. And, and, uh, you know, it took me a few years to win on the PGA Tour. And I had a great run from 90 to 95 or six. I started having, you know, a bunch of kids and just kind of felt like I wanted to be home uh, when I turned about 40. And, you know, I don't regret giving up those years of playing because uh, I was with my kids and I have an incredible relationship with them. I now have three grandsons, got two more grandchildren coming in the next month or two. So wow, I've been real blessed and, and it's just really cool. Uh, we actually have my grandson, Jack, with me, uh, James Thomas uh, Gallagher IV, uh, my son Thomas's son. And it's just so much. Uh, when you look back and, and all the great things you said about my career, I, I'm just, uh, I sit back and have to pinch myself sometimes of what I accomplished. Uh, you know, probably could have won a few more times, but overall, like I said, just a blessed uh, career. And just, I look back and I, everyone says, do you miss competing? I miss competing and winning and playing at that top level. I miss the guys. I miss the, all that stuff. But because I'm doing TV now, I'm able to kind of still feel like I'm part of golf. And I think that's the great part of, of working for Golf Channel. I still feel part of it. These guys are so good that are playing the PGA Tour now. Uh, and there's just so many of them. You know, when you look back at our best players versus their best, it'd be tough to compare that. But when you look at just the depth, uh, week in, week out, uh, these, these guys are so much better prepared than I was. Yeah, college golf, it's on TV. And I think that's uh, really helped a lot of these men and the women, uh, both when they, the women to get ready for the LPGA. I think they play in front of cameras. They get used to doing interviews. I think it's just incredible when you look back at where golf was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and, and even when I was playing. Jim, I want to talk uh, about a couple of more of the tournaments that you played. And I had Tom Pertzer join me a, a couple of weeks ago. And you, Tom, and Greg Norman squared off in a playoff at the 1991 World Series of Golf. The three of you, the only players to break par that week. You guys tied at one under going into that playoff. Talk about what it was like battling not only those two guys, but Firestone at the time. Well, that was one of the hardest golf courses we played. And I had a lot of relatives, cousins that were there. And there had to be 20 or 40 of them every year. And I always seemed to play well there. I think more that the family was there. But, man, it if your game had any weaknesses, it exposed it. And I think that's one of the beautiful things there. Uh, Tom Perster, what a great golf swing, what a great person. And, uh, you know, the playoff, I, I felt like I could have won that year, but, you know, he ended up winning, but it was, I was nervous on the, you know, getting there at the end. I hit an incredible shot out of the bunker at 17 out of the fairway bunker, knocked it on the green. Uh, and, and those are just memories that I always have. I lost my cousin uh, a month or two ago who was part of that following. Uh, and I just remember all those times. And I kind of went back through, some of the pictures and all that. And those are some of my greatest memories being part of 
with your family. And I think that's uh, what made the tour so much fun. You know, when my kids were traveling, Mary Langdon and Thomas, the tour was great. And then they started getting to the age where they didn't travel. And I missed that part. Uh, but one thing my friend Bruce Litsky told me, some of the best advice I ever had, he said, when you're on the golf course, your mind has to be on the golf course. When you're home, it needs to be home. And I think no athlete knows when it's time to retire or give it up. Uh, but I, I just felt like that was some of the best advice. And I struggled uh, when I first kind of quit at 40 as I, I wanted to be playing. Then I got out playing. I wished I was back home. Uh, and I guess it was four or five years ago when I finally just hung it up. Uh, I had my son Thomas caddying for me down on the coast in, in Biloxi. And I said, Thomas, I want you to caddy for me. Having no idea this was probably going to be my last event on the Champs Tour. And we walked up on 18 and I just handed him my putter and I said, that's it. I'm done. And he said, you can't quit. You love it too much. And I said, exactly. I love it too much. I just can't put the time in that it takes to be great. Uh, and I wanted you to be part of that. And my grandson, Tommy, was there. My uh, Mary Langdon, my daughter. So no one knew I was going to do it. My wife's still mad at me because I didn't tell her I was going <laughs> to kind of retire. I just kind of walked off into the sunset, drove back to the Mississippi Delta. And uh, lo and behold, uh, it was just uh, it was so great to have him on the bag and spend that uh, that last uh, trip around uh, the golf course with him. Go back to 1993 at the Tour Championship. You shoot a course record 63 in the opening round. You hold off Norman this time to win the tournament, which had the richest purse in golf at that yeah. time. You earned the largest winning paycheck ever. What was it like not only beating Greg Norman to win the tournament, but then also to see your name beside that amount of money on a check? Well, it, well, the funny part is I played the USAM out there in 1980, and I actually shot 87 on that golf course. And so the next time around, I shoot 63. So, I mean, I walked in, I said, well, I got better, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but it, it was an amazing week to win on that golf course with all the history. And I thought I'd made all the money in the world at that time, 540,000 was a lot of money and it still is a lot of money. Uh, I, I always kind of, when I played the PGA tour, I tried not to think of the money. Uh, I tried to feel like they were points in my mind to kind of block off the fact that this is a lot of money. Uh, and now they're playing for ooh, so much money that it yeah. is a factor. Uh, I don't th think you could put that out of your mind, but that week was a magical week. You know, I opened up, played with Gil Morgan that first day and shot 63, didn't play that great the second round and sat actually was in, uh, on TV, sitting with Peter Jacobson in the booth as Norman, I think he bogeyed 16, uh, did birdie 17. He knocked it over the green at 18, which I felt like it was over. Uh, and the funny part is Ben Nelson, who is from Mississippi was the tour official. And he was actually behind the green with me and I had no one to hug because Sissy was pregnant with Thomas. So I just hugged Ben. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of, kind of fun to have him there. And then I wanted Greensboro, uh, a couple of years later, Ben was there again. I hugged him again. So I said, you know, they're going to start making you follow me around, but, uh, yeah, that was such a great memory out there at the Olympic club. That's awesome. And Jim, just a couple more before I let you go, sure. but we're a few weeks away from the masters. You got to play in the tournament a few times. What's it like going out to the mailbox and finding that invitation sitting in there? Oh, it's incredible. Uh, you know, you dream as a kid to just play the golf course uh, and then get the invite. And I was fortunate to only, I played it five times. A lot of guys played it more. And I actually did the coverage last year uh, live from, and I walked in there and I was just like, gosh, if this is heaven, I can't wait. You know, it's just such an incredible place. All the history. We had Jack Nicholas on, Tom Watson, Raymond Floyd. We had all these great past champions on the set and we got to interview them and I start thinking to myself man I'm a lucky guy I'm sitting there and I had so much fun our 
Mark Loomis, who uh, is one of our top guys there at the Golf Channel, sending me a text, are you having any fun? I said, man, I am just having the greatest time ever. And the kids were having fun watching me enjoy it. And it was just, it's an incredible place. Uh, when you look at all the history, and I probably could have played better there, but man, it, it just was an honor to play there. Uh, and, it, you know, it was just great memories. I shot 67 and led the first round. Uh, that I'd ever played there. And, and I remember my father-in-law and my mother-in-law were coming back, uh, driving over, and they didn't believe that I was leading. They were shocked that I was leading. And I played with Lanny Watkins the next day and the twosome in that last group. And I was so nervous. I was just trying not to miss the guy. I got off to kind of a slow start. But uh, all in all, just an incredible week. Uh, played well enough to get invited back the next year. And it just uh, – I, I forgot how hilly and how tough that golf course is when I walked it last year uh, uh, when I was there for the coverage. As you mentioned, you had the first round lead. You shot an opening round 67. What's it like to to be a guy that's sleeping on the lead at the Masters? Well, that's the hard part. It's the Masters. You're in the lead. I couldn't sleep. You know, I was just sitting there going like, I've got to slow my mind down. Uh, and I was new to that. I, I just wasn't quite ready to go. And I think that's why I got off to such a slow start uh, that second day. Uh, the last day, Roly Massimino, the old... Uh, Basketball yeah. coach at uh, Villanova was there every day. We had a routine where he'd walk down, shake my hand, and we're walking up 17. I'll never forget the last day. I need, I think, to play the last two holes, one over to get back in the next year. I said, Coach, I'm so nervous. I can't even see straight. He said, just relax. Just enjoy it. You know, just go out there. You've done the time in. You've put the time in. Just go out and have a great time. I parted the last two holes. Uh, but it was just an amazing part to have my whole family there and the, just enjoy that whole week. Uh, and, and Mary Langdon was a baby. I carried her down during the par three tournament. So I keep bringing back family, yeah. but that's a big part of my life. Uh, and, and they're a big part of my life and, and, and they're a big part of my career. Uh, and I, you know, I, I wish I would have maybe won more when they got older. Cause sometimes I think they think I got one of my trophies on eBay, but, uh, <laughs> there is video coverage that does prove that I did win those. And that was the other thing I wanted to ask you about being a part of the masters. Did you get to have family out there at the par three and Get the little jumpsuits for your kids and all well, of that? We did because I had Mary Lane. Actually, my wife made that little jumpsuit. The coolest part is I didn't like to practice, and I was not a big practicer. I loved to play, and I would go and actually play the par three after each practice round and stay out there all day long until Thursday. Then you couldn't play it. But they allowed me to take my family out there, even on Monday, Tuesday, and before Wednesday, uh, the par three tournament, and walk around and just be part of that. And I just, uh, you know, I just like I said, when you finally get there, you have to pinch yourself. And I remember the first time I was there, I actually was on inside the PGA Tour. We had the cameras on us as we drove up Magnolia Lane. And it wasn't the same as if it was just me and Sissy driving up, uh, but it was just an amazing you know, time. I played the practice round with Freddie Couples, Ian Baker Finch. I always tried to play with a veteran who had had success there so I could learn the golf course, pick their brain. Uh, and that's one of the things that I was able to do. And, and uh, I guess I've been getting long winded, but the coolest moment is I'm walking up 18, the third round with Jack Nicholas. I'll never forget walking wow. up there with him side by side. And I said, go ahead, Jack. And he said, no, walk up here with me. And it gives me chills to think of that. It's, here's a guy that, I mean, I've been such a, he you know, he's such a hero of mine. And, and just to walk up there side by side, it was such a special moment for me, just a kid from Indiana to allow me to walk up there with one of the greatest players. And if not the greatest player that ever played the game. Wow. What a moment. Jim, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with you, whether it's following you online or it's on social media. Well, I do a podcast called only one shot golf. It hits a lot of college golf, a lot of instructors. It's basically trying to see what separates the elite golfer from the rest. 
Love having the people on. It's been a lot of fun. It's something I do kind of in the offside, off the time off when I'm not working golf channel. I'll go do about everything for them, PGA Tour, LPGA, do some studio work. But like I said, I think it's my eighth year with Golf Channel, and I, I love it, and that's why I, I enjoy it so much because it does keep me in the game. But the big thing, I'm enjoying it, and that makes that job a lot easier. It doesn't even seem like a job to me. And you're great at it, by the well, way, just you. like Tom Patrick said. Thank you. So thank you so much for that. Jim, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to Absolutely. come back and be a part of the show. Always have a good time when you're here. I hope we get the privilege of doing it again soon. Well, it's a privilege to be on your show. You're one of the best, and I appreciate you just asking me and being part of it. Uh, you're the best, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Take care. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch Thank up soon. You. Thank you. That is the great Jim Gallagher Jr. What a tremendous player and an even better guy. Tom Patrick said it you know, prior to Jim coming on, and he's 100% right about that. So richly deserving on being in both of those Hall of Fames. Again, make sure you're following him on Twitter. At GallagherJRGC is where you can do it there. And like I say, I hope we get the privilege of having Jim back as part of the show again real soon.